So I need you to know this morning that not only was yesterday Jesus' birthday, that's a biggie, right? Jesus' birthday, Christmas Day. Today is Brother Shane's birthday. He's out in the... Yeah. This is not only his birthday, this is his 40th birthday. <clears throat> some of us lost some money on that wager that Shane Stover would make it to 40. So um, anyhow, those of us that were in the pool, y'all know who you are. Let's all settle up at the end of today. Uh, speaking of grace and marriage and everything else, you know, Brother Shane made it to 40. But we do, seriously, we love him and appreciate him and uh, all that he does and means to us as a church. And, um, but seriously now, <clears throat> speaking of Jesus' birthday, you know, I've said this through the Christmas season that uh, the birth of Jesus was the most monumental event in all of human history. It was that point in human history where God took on flesh. And so we've celebrated that in the Christmas season. Uh, but the birth of Jesus was just the beginning. Yes, it's an extremely significant event, but it wasn't just about a baby that was to be born. The birth of Jesus was only starting point. And when we turn to the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, we have a record of the 33 years in which Jesus was in the flesh in this world. And I want you to kind of think in those terms. Christmas we start, uh, Jesus, the Word, becomes flesh, and then he has 33 years I don't know a whole lot about the 30 years, the first 30 years, but the last three years are the, the three years that consume most of what is recorded of Jesus' life in the Gospels. That includes what he did, that he healed people, that he performed miracles, that he taught the people, that he invested his life in particularly 12 men at the end of the three years and the end of his life. He gives his life as the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world on the cross. On the third day, he's raised from the dead. Forty days later, Jesus ascends to the Father. And these are the events that are recorded in, in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John about the life of Jesus. But even that wasn't the end. In some respects, it was even a starting point, a beginning point, in which Jesus was simply laying a foundation for the future. Uh, we get a glimpse into this uh, in Matthew chapter 16. Uh, Matthew 16 falls closer to the end of Jesus' three-year ministry with his 12 disciples. And it's, it's a pretty significant event. It occurs at Caesarea Philippi, and Jesus talks to the men about his identity and what it is that they would profess with their mouth. In Matthew 16, starting in verse 13, 
We come to this pivotal moment in his ministry with the 12. And it says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So that's, if I just called a time out at that point, that's Peter's great profession. In fact, it's a turning point in the Gospels. This is almost like, I don't know if it's a midterm exam. It's, it's not exactly the final exam. Uh, but Jesus is just saying, hey, I've been with you guys. I've taught y'all. So, and he kind of starts from the back door and he says, who do men say that I am? And then he really gets to the question he wanted to ask, but who do you say that I am? What will you profess with your mouth? What do you know in your heart? What would you say with your mouth? And of course, Peter is the one who speaks up. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. This is Peter's great profession. But there's something that Jesus says after that that I want us to look at and use it as a springboard uh, for what we want to talk about as we start the new year. And so it says, after Peter's great profession, Jesus makes a declaration. He starts in verse 17. <clears throat> Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. It is that statement that I want us to think about starting this Sunday, in which Jesus says, I will build my church. Uh, Peter makes his great profession of faith, but then Jesus makes his declaration. Um, I don't really want to spend any amount of time this morning talking about that, in but Understand that in verse 18 he says, I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, that's what prefaces his statement, I will build my church. But he says you are Peter and Peter is, is the Greek word that means rock and so there's a play on words here. You are Peter and on this Petros, this rock of his profession of what he just said, that you are the Christ, the son of the living God, that then Jesus says, I will build my church. I want you to get this idea that the foundation on which Jesus builds his church is the profession in which people say, no, I know your identity. You are the Christ. You are the son of living, the living God, and they've, they've placed their faith in him. Peter's profession is the foundation on which Jesus builds, but it's this statement that he makes. I will build my church. Uh, 
Um, it is a declaration of Jesus' intent. There's a couple things about that statement. Jesus is the subject of that sentence. He is the one doing the acting. doesn't say that Peter will build his church. Jesus says, I will build my church. Um, that's, that's a significant statement. Uh, it, it's not that Jesus is even saying that the followers who make this profession, they will build my church. No. Jesus said, I, I will build my church. Uh, the other thing about that statement, I will build my church, is it's in future tense. And it kind of brings us to the point today. Um, I don't want to make too much about this because I think Jesus was laying a foundation in his three-year ministry for the church. But Jesus said that he will build his church. He didn't say, I am building my church. He said that I will build his church. And you just suspend that thought for now. But Jesus said, sometime in the future, I will be building my church. So just, just make a note of that. The other thing is what Jesus says he will do. Jesus' words, his declaration of intent of what he will do, he will build his church. I'm thinking of all the things that Jesus could have said. Uh, please understand that Jesus chooses his words carefully. Jesus doesn't just say things to say things. Uh, no, Jesus, that's what he wanted to say that day. I will build my church. Um, you know, when he started his ministry, he said, he came, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he taught much about the kingdom of God. You would almost think in the vein of what he had been teaching that he would have said, I will build my kingdom. But he didn't say kingdom. He said, I will build my church. Uh, he didn't say, I'm going to begin a great worldwide movement. Jesus' declaration of intent is that he would build his church. Um, <laughs> the word church is only used two times in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Let that thought sink in. Uh, <laughs> this is, I don't know, I'm sorry. Things tickle me about, I, I get... I'd look at things differently, and it's like, I just, it, church was not a term that they were using to refer to themselves. They had synagogues, they had temples, uh, they had a temple, they had synagogues, they were Jewish. We understand church because we do church. And you get to the book of Acts, and there's a lot about the church. But in the Gospels, think about this. The word is only used twice. It's used here, and it's used in Matthew 18, 17 twice I get tickled by this because I think the boys later went what's a church <laughs> Jesus is going to build it we probably not ought to know what it is and that's that's an overstatement because the word church is ecclesia which literally comes from the words that mean to be they're the called out ones uh, it was used in a political sense in Jewish and in, in in Greek cities uh, to refer to the people that came to, to govern like the, almost like the city council, the assembly, the assembly. Uh, and they probably would have heard that. 
It's the word that was used for a political assembly of a, of a city. Uh, but Jesus knows what's coming. The disciples don't. And he uses the term of what they will be called, not what they even understand at that point. Jesus said, he chooses his words very carefully, I will build my church. Um, it's so personal that Je Jesus doesn't even say, I will build the church. Jesus said, I will build my church. Please understand, the words that Jesus chooses are, are very personal. The church is the bride of Christ. And Jesus said, if you want to know what my declaration of intent is, it's, it's not about any of you or me building a kingdom. No, I want you to know that my declaration of intent is I will build my church. And many times we get to this scripture and we kind of focus on Peter and the foundation and what Jesus says to him, but it's those words that Jesus declares, I will build my church. Hmm. I want you to turn to the book of Acts. If you have a physical Bible, turn on your phone. Look at the screens. Acts 1.1. 1, 1. Jesus said, I will build my church. Jesus begins to fulfill his declaration of intent in the book of Acts. That's why I've talked for 10 minutes just to set that statement up. Understand, the book of Acts is the record of how Jesus began to build his church. I need you to see that, the framework of that, that thought. In the book of Acts, we see how Jesus began to build the church. Um, and that sets up really what we would like to do on Sunday mornings from now until Easter Sunday morning. Uh, our sermon series will be looking at the book of Acts and how Jesus began to build his church. That's what I, that's what I want you to see today. The book of Acts... What does it teach us of what Jesus was doing to build his church? Because I really believe that is the fulfillment. The book of Acts is the record of Jesus' fulfillment of his declaration of intent that I will build my church. We see it fleshed out. That's what Jesus was doing in the book of Acts. And so when we come to Acts 1.1, it says, and I just want to stop at verse 1 and take a few side trails, and then move on through verse 8. But it says, this is how the book of Acts starts. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. And let's just, I just want to pause right there. We're going to come back to that word, began. I want you to see that, the word began. It's very significant. 
But really to understand this, there's a couple other phrases in here. He says the former account, so we've got to have a question in our mind, what was that? And this person he writes to, O Theophilus. And so uh, the book of Acts is a second book to a pair of books, which are the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts, okay? Many of you probably already knew that. Uh, Luke's name is not recorded as the author of either one of these books, but very strong support not only from the historical record, but from historical sources of the early church that they said Luke was the one who wrote that gospel, and so they called it the gospel of Luke, and then as a second companion to that, a follow-up of the gospel, he wrote the book of Acts. But you see this in, you see the connection between the two in the first four verses of Luke 1, and he says in Luke 1, inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who were from the beginning eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered, delivered them to us, it seemed to, good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus that you may know the certainty of those things in which we, are, we were instructed. Now, we don't know who Theophilus is. He calls him most excellent. Um, he must have been a, a man of some prominence. We surmise from these verses that Theophilus was a man of some prominence that came to faith, and Luke writes his gospel, I don't think just for him, but he dedicates it to him. He's, he's maybe a Roman official. He's, he's somebody of prominence. And we, but the thing is, the first verses of Luke, the first verses of Acts, Theophilus, this is who it is addressed to. And um, the, the gospel of Luke, as I've already described, includes the ministry of Jesus while he was in the flesh. In fact, during the Christmas season, we've spent much of our time in Luke's gospel. It tells us when the Savior was born, when Jesus was born. So get these parameters. The gospels start with the Word becoming flesh. They end with the ascension of Jesus. So get this, these parameters. When Jesus came in the flesh... And when he left in the flesh. You got it? That's the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In fact, Luke's Gospel closes uh, with a statement that Jesus makes and then Luke writes some. But in, I don't, these aren't on the screen. So, Chandler, I'm off script. Um, but the end of Luke, behold, I send the promise, these are the words of Jesus in red, <laughs> behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted 
from them and carried up into heaven and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. The gospels begin with, the, with God coming in the flesh and they end with the flesh, resurrected flesh, ascending into heaven. Which brings us back to Acts 1.1 in which Luke says the former account I made that refers to the gospel, O Theophilus, here it is, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Of all the words that Luke could have chosen, he said the gospel was about what Jesus began to do. Do you understand the implication? In Luke's mind, is the book of Acts will speak of what Jesus continued to do. This is very significant. That Jesus had his ministry in the flesh 33 years. But Luke writes the book of Acts from the perspective that the book of Acts is what Jesus continued to do. The preacher contends today, what did Jesus continue to do? What his declaration of intent was, I will build my church. In the Gospels, he laid a foundation, and there were people that made professions. But the book of Acts is the record of what Jesus continued to do. But if you, if, if kind of, maybe if you haven't heard the story, you haven't thought about it, you go, wait a second, though, Jesus has left. Now, let's look just briefly at these next few verses. But verses 2 and 3 of Acts 1 just gives a short recap of Jesus' last 40 days. In fact, we only know they were 40 days from this particular scripture. It says in verse 2, until the day in which he was taken up, the ascension, after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering, the cross, by many infallible proofs, the resurrection, being seen by them during, here it is, 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Verses 2 and 3 just give a recap of those 40 days, but the story begins to launch forward starting in verse 4. And I want you to see, because in verses 4 through 8, and I'm almost finished, we have the key to the book of Acts and how Jesus continued his ministry. So it says in verse 4, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. 
There's a little bit of an aside here that the, the disciples get off topic. Verse 6, therefore when they, when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? I don't have time to camp out there. He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his authority. Verse 8, but, verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Here's the truth we glean from verses 4 through 8. That Jesus builds his church through his spirit. That's it. And it makes a lot of sense. In the Gospels, he came in the flesh. He left and resurrected flesh. How is Jesus going to continue his ministry if he is not there? It will be Jesus' spirit that is working. What is the intent? What is the spirit doing in the book of Acts? It is fulfilling Jesus' declaration of intent, I will build my church. Jesus builds his church through his spirit. Um, you see Jesus speak about this, the promise of the Father, Oh, particularly in John 14, 15, 16. But just one verse in John 16, 7, Jesus says, this is in the upper room or during that time frame, he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. This is our truth for the day that Jesus builds his church through his spirit. That's what we will see in the book of Acts. And we begin to see that laid out as we begin to read Luke's story. And this is what we discover, that in the book of Acts, Jesus, and this is what we'll see between now and Easter, in the book of Acts, Jesus' spirit drives his followers to their knees in prayer. The Spirit calls out leaders for the church. The Spirit gives boldness to the followers of Jesus to testify of him. The Spirit draws the lost to faith in Christ. Felicity will like this point. The Spirit in the book of Acts gives courage for the followers of Jesus to be baptized. The Spirit in the book of Acts gives them a hunger for truth that is found in the words of the Old Testament and the words of the apostles. In the book of Acts, the Spirit unifies believers helps the believers to care for one another, gives them generosity. It is through the Spirit in the book of Acts that the Spirit performs miracles through the followers of Jesus. The Spirit gives them perseverance in the midst of persecution. It is the Spirit that navigates the church through times of conflict 
And finally, it is the Spirit that sends them out to the ends of the earth. That's what we're going to see in the book of Acts. How Jesus built the church through his Spirit. Here's the thing, and I want to end with this. Um, Jesus' ministry to build his church doesn't end in Acts 28. Now, the book of Acts is how Jesus began to build his church. Jesus will build his church until he comes again. you got to get this idea. The flesh came. The resurrected flesh left. The Spirit of God came. The Spirit of Jesus came. And until Jesus comes again, the Spirit will be building the church. The book of Acts just records how he began to build the church, which means... Huntington First Baptist Church, that Jesus, through his Spirit, is still building the church right now. For us in Huntington, Texas, for us that are a part of this church, that means right here. No. Jesus continues to build his church. The things that are described in the book of Acts are the very things that we believe that Jesus continues to do in our midst to build our church. And so there's really two things that I want to say to you. And I'm really about finished. I know I've said that three times. You don't believe me anymore, do you? <clears throat> what is it that God, what is it that Jesus wants to do with our church as we begin 2022? I know it, it blows my mind that Shane Stover's 40. Uh, that, yes. But the other thing is that, Brother Cody, we made it to 2022. That was, like, that, was, that was like a futuristic space trilogy kind of book that we would have read, 2022. Who knew we were going to live this long? We're going to make it to 2022. But here we are. And until Jesus comes again, he's going to be building his church. There are things that Jesus wants to do at Huntington First Baptist Church. And I believe we see those very things in what he was doing in the early church as recorded in the book of Acts. I would want you to have the perspective as a part of this church that Jesus wants to do things in your life. Your profession of faith was only the beginning Peter didn't end with his profession in, in Matthew 16. It's like, okay, I've made my profession. I'm good to go. I'm out. No, that was just the beginning. Your profession of faith is only your beginning. And there are things as a part of the church that God wants to do in your life. Uh, and I want you to give serious consideration to that as you start the new year. What is it that God wants to do in my life as a part of the church to build his church. And so I want you to pray. Brother Shane's going to come, uh, the music team. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. I'm going to lead us in prayer.
use this time as we sing to let God's Spirit speak to you about what he would have you to do. Um, we have made it our practice also to use this time. If you'd like to give your gift to World Missions, we have our special box at the front. Obviously, you can give online. You can give in the offering boxes, but we have two more weeks for that, and I would encourage you to do that. You can do that during this time. You can come to the altar to pray. At the end of this time, I'll be at the front. If you'd like to talk to me about uh, your salvation, uh, decision to follow Jesus, baptism, uh, something related to church membership, uh, another spiritual matter, uh, I'm going to be around. I'll be at the front and have time for you today as we close. Um, one other thing I would say before I pray so that I don't have to say anything else is uh, we have 12 poinsettias up here that are open for adoption today. <clears throat> Beautiful plants. Come and take one. The first 12 people. Don't rush the stage, please. Because I'm assuming you're coming to get saved, okay? Uh, and you just say, no, pastor, I just came for the poinsettia. And it's going to break my heart, okay? So just give it a few moments. Uh, but seriously, um, really, we want... So you may know somebody you want to take a poinsettia to. We want you to come, and this is the last Sunday we'll be displaying them, and we, they've been beautiful. Um, but we're going to sing after I pray. I'll be at the front uh, if you'd like to visit with me. So, Father, we thank you uh, that uh, we don't have the pressure to build the church. That's Jesus' church. He's going to build it. Father, I take comfort in the fact that uh, Jesus is working in my life to make me a part of the church that he wants me to be. And so, uh, Father, we just we, we pray for surrendered hearts that would just say, Jesus, whatever you want to do in my life, do it. And so I pray that you'd give us a fresh sense of surrender as we begin a new year. And, Father, we pray all that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.